the volume. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes in a Nissan Pathfinder, search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe. Totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets. Live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to the Thursday morning podcast, usually the Wednesday morning podcast. Uh, But uh, I had three hours of sitting in a dental chair yesterday. (laughs) you did not want to hear me um before i get to tom curran who covers the patriots we're going to talk some mac jones you know there are certain times when the media goes overboard on stuff like obj the drama between the browns and the destination landing spot the rams it's really he's at best the number two receiver for the rams the media has given it more coverage than it deserves And that happens a lot where the media covers something. It's a player that's interesting, a player that's dramatic. You know, OBJ is just not changing games in the NFL. He's not changing lines, but he is a unique player. LA Rams are an aggressive franchise. The Browns are historically a tire fire. And then there's times that the media doesn't cover something. And I'm shocked by it. I could not believe, and I said it, and I've said it 15 times, when Kevin Durant left a dynasty for the Brooklyn Nets. I thought it was a staggeringly horrible decision. The best, arguably, after LeBron, the best player in the league, leaving a dynasty, the best run organization, 
for a losing culture, the Brooklyn Nets, with no great history, and choosing Kyrie Irving, flaky to his core, over Steph Curry, the most selfless superstar NBA player probably of my life. Now you're seeing, as Curry goes into Brooklyn, drops 37, and the crowd is chanting MVP for an opposing player. I have no idea why KD did this. There is no comp in the history of sports where a player could have stayed with a dynasty. The dynasty had all of its parts, was a significantly brilliantly run organization, and leaves for an inferior point guard that had baggage and an inferior organization and inferior momentum. You're seeing it now play out. Stephen A. Smith finally addressed it the other day, almost post-mortem. Like the Nets feel like they're sort of, right? They're sort of dead. Harden's not the same player due to a rule change. Kyrie's not available. They still really don't have a great bench. I don't know why it wasn't covered. I think it's the most undercovered sports story in the last couple of years. It is unbelievable to me that Kevin Durant, do you realize if Kevin Durant stayed, they would have drafted Jordan Poole, right? That was the draft after he left. Well, they would have drafted him had he stayed. You would have KD, Jordan Poole is a, is a borderline all-star, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Now, James Wiseman, that pick you wouldn't have had. That was a number one pick because you tanked. But the media overcovers many things. I'd be the first to admit it. We have under, I haven't, but the media has undercovered how unbelievably regrettable KD's decision was to go to Brooklyn. This week, there was an interesting moment during a press conference when Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said that he enjoys every couple of years going to Vegas and doing nothing but playing craps for 72 hours. No dinners, just craps, no shows. And I thought to myself, that's what he should do if he wants to ease the stress of coaching. Can you imagine saying that five years ago? Tony Romo in 2015 wanted to hold his fantasy football convention in Vegas and was told by the league he couldn't. It's amazing in this country what we fear. Gay marriage. It looks ridiculous now that for years and years that was in some eyes taboo. Sports gambling. Folks. It's a $4 billion industry before the Supreme Court ruled it was legal. They're doing it in Europe in stadiums for years. Legalization of pot. Did you know anybody that wanted to get high that couldn't? The things 20 years ago that we feared in America, you look at them now and it's embarrassing. If you ever fear something, ask yourself, what am I actually afraid of? What were you afraid of in gay marriage? What were you afraid of? That the world would become a bunch of potheads? Anybody that wanted to get high was getting high. And people that don't smoke pot, remember, 30% of Americans don't drink. Just because you legalize drinking, there's still going to be 30% of people that don't drink. 70% of Americans never smoke pot. They're not going to rush to the store to smoke it once it's legal. And the fact that we feared gambling, anybody that wanted to put 50 bucks in a football game was doing it. Whenever you fear something, what are you truly fearing? That all of our athletes who are making millions a year would be throwing games? Again, Europe was ahead of us on gay marriage. Europe was ahead of us on legalizing pot. Europe was ahead of us on gambling and sports. 
take a deep breath. There's nothing to fear. I was thinking about this. Mel Tucker is close to signing a $9 to $10 million a year contract with Michigan State. Michigan State's always been sort of a very solid tier two program. Um, you know, one Rose Bowl win since the 50s. And, you know, if you're a great coaching prospect, you can leave Michigan State and go to a tier one program like Obama, like Nick Saban did or an LSU. What Michigan State is saying is what Oregon did about 20 years ago. Oregon, about 20 years ago, Phil Knight stepped in as a booster and said, we want to go from a tier two program to a tier one program, which Oregon is now. We'll pay whatever it takes with facilities, stadium, marketing, merchandising, uniforms, coordinators, and coaches. So now when you have an Oregon job, I laugh at these people that say Mario Cristobal would go from Oregon to Miami. Oregon's a better job than Miami. Miami now is actually a tier two job. Why? Doesn't matter about its history. Nebraska used to be a tier one job. It's now a tier two job. Oregon used to be a tier two job. Now it's a tier one job. What does that mean? You don't go from Oregon to another college job. It can pay seven, eight million dollars a year. You can win and compete for national championships. People have Mario Cristobal leaving to Miami. Why would you go to Miami? The last four coaches have bombed. It's a pro sports town. Lukewarm fan interest. Lukewarm administration interest. They don't pay top dollar. And frankly, if you're going to be in that part of the country, just go coach in the SEC. You can pay coordinators in the SEC $2 million. What are the Miami Hurricanes going to pay a top defensive coordinator? You know what? The budget, about $600,000 in Miami, a big city. So I love what Michigan State's doing. They're saying, we're going to pay a coach 9 to $10 million a year. We want Michigan State to be Notre Dame, a northern elite program. There are not many of them anymore. Ohio State is. Michigan, despite losing more than people think they should win, they're going to win 10 games for the fourth time during Jim Harbaugh's reign this year. That's a tier one program. Michigan may be the, the bottom, bottom end of a tier one program, but it's still viewed as a better program than Michigan State. Michigan went and got their coach from the NFL. He'd been to a Super Bowl. Michigan State got theirs from Colorado, a second tier Pac-12 program. But Michigan State is making a big, big statement by fending off LSU and USC to pay Mel Tucker $9 to $10 million a year and have a say in facilities. The last program that made this kind of financial commitment that was a Tier 2 program was Oregon. All right, we bring in Tom Curran, who's been a Patriot insider for NBC Sports Boston. Uh, when I lived in the Northeast, uh, there's a lot of Patriots and Red Sox talk. Uh, and he was the guy I really relied on very quickly. Uh, if Tom said it, it was true. Covering the Patriots in the NFL since the 90s, mid to late 90s. And I uh, tried to bring him on a few times a year. And I thought this was really an interesting time because, um, you know, the, you get these narratives and they stick. And Tom, I want to start. And my takeaway on Mac Jones was he got the best landing spot. New England didn't give up picks to get him. Um, best coach in football, arguably best coordinator, always a top 10 offensive line, good running game. And they've done a good job, especially on the defensive side, to draft and develop players. And they'd spent some money on free agency. So my takeaway is, listen, there's there's some limitations on off-script plays. He's not a, he's not Justin Fields. Uh, but uh, And if you look at the, the numbers, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of safe stuff, but he's gotten out of the crappy throw portion of the rookie quarterback. And that's a big thing. It's not that rookie quarterbacks can't play, 
But the first year to two of your career, it's that, oh, good hell throw. And he had it for about a month. He didn't. He didn't? <laughs> he didn't. That's what's whacked about this. Old, you seem very subdued. So let's ratchet it up. He never did it. It was crazy. And that's what I, look, I said, Colin, right before the draft, when he was being bandied about, said the Patriots already have Mac Jones on the roster. His name's Jarrett Stidham. I didn't think he was going to be this freaking good. It was like he was shooting yeah. fish in a barrel at Alabama. Then he gets here and he looks so good during minicamp. And I talk to people who are involved with the team and closely involved with Mac. And they tell me I've never seen a rookie this advanced. And he goes out and he beats back what was actually a pretty good challenge from Cam Newton in training camp by every friggin' day, just making throw after throw that intersected perfectly with where guys were supposed to be. Yeah, you're right. He had uh, games against Carolina and the Chargers back to back. They like, what's, why are you getting jumpy? What's with the happy feet? What's with the, the inaccurate throws? That's not you. And then he bounces back against Cleveland. So, to me, honestly, the thing about him, as it relates to the other guys who came in, Mac plays like a five-year veteran, a good five-year veteran, not a great five-year veteran, a good one. And I said this the other day, if you put all these five guys in a class and had Josh McDaniels teach it, and they passed in their tests every week, Mac would always be around 93. You might see Trevor Lawrence around 88 at this juncture. You might see... Justin Fields at 85. You might see Zach Wilson around 70 and Trey Lance around 72. But Mac would always be turning in 93s because he knows WTF he's doing out there at all times. It's wild. I think every great coach has a hole. And one of the, the power dynamic for coaches that win Super Bowls can change. So Pete Carroll, Paul Allen dies, the owner. His sister, who's not a sports fan, takes it over. And there's a weird power dynamic in Seattle the last couple of years where Pete is controlling the draft and he's not a great drafter. Right. Belichick, after maybe four, five Super Bowls, I was always told about January, he'd call off the scouts and say, I've got it from here. And I'd been very critical about Bill is that I don't think I think each job is incredibly strenuously hard coach and GM. And then I read a story, Tom, it may have been from you about six months ago, where he was going to back off a little and relinquish some power in the draft. Well, mm -hmm. they had a great draft. Three of their top four picks are starters and really high-end starters. Just address that because sure. you, you, you've been one of the few voices in that area that has said, hey, man, we don't draft skill people very well. Right. It's a hole in the franchise. What's wild is there is... I hate to say arrogance because it really connotes that, you know, just on the underlings attitude. I don't think Bill has that. But at the, in his, into his sixties, he is so confident in his system, in his ability, in his coaching staff's ability, and in the players that he selects that he's looking for a certain kind of player. You remember a few years ago, Urban Meyer recounted a story at Ohio State and he tells the players, he says, look, Bill Belichick told us. He doesn't want to coach a-holes anymore. He's going to coach players he likes to have. So that's why you see a guy like Jordan Richards in the second round from Stanford. Great guy. Or you see uh, Joan Williams, a great personality out of in the second round out of Vanderbilt. Or Cyrus Jones in the second round. Or Duke Dawson in the second round. Just this feeling that I, I can do what I want here with these picks because I feel confident that I'm going to get it right because I'm that good at it. Well, there was a beautiful safety net in Tom Brady. 
But Bill felt like, you know, even the Seth Wickersham book, and, and it was even indicated to me, look, we can succeed with just about anybody. Tom's great, but we have a system in place. And I think it got, you know, to a point where Bill's drafting guys from different places and, you know, whether it be Rutgers for a long stretch and, and Arkansas or Michigan, and he never had this wide net, especially in the last decade. It brings in Elliot Wolf and Nick Casario leaves, and all of a sudden, all those hats that Nick wears, where Bill and Nick would get into a room and say, who do you like? And Nick would never say, look, he wouldn't say poop if he had a mouthful half the time with Bill. He just did what Bill wanted. So now, and this was told to me too, Nick would only give his opinion if Bill went to him, and Nick didn't know what Bill's opinion already was. <laughs> so that was a hard thing. So Bill didn't hear pushback. And I think Bill voluntarily opened it up and said, we're going we're gonna to collaborate a little bit more. But you know, the owner talked about it. Bill talked about it kind of openly. They did. They opened it up and made it more collaborative. And I don't think, as you point out, it's not a coincidence. You're exactly right. I'm not going on too long. This is a podcast, so I'm kind of like... No, no, I love it. No, I mean, listen, Ramondre Stevenson's a home run. He's been terrific. A Barrymore from Alabama who was good as a freshman at Alabama. I saw him as a freshman. I'm like, oh, my God, he's good. And then Mac's been good. So three of their four... And and Bill's not somebody that is just going to insert a really talented rookie into the starting lineup. These are players. These are really high-end players. And I've always said this, as I loved Mike Holmgren, bad mm-hmm. drafter. Pete Carroll's a Hall of Famer, bad drafter. Belichick, There's a, you have to remote, remove yourself emotionally from drafting. Coaches can generally, what will help me win now? GMs are like, mm-hmm. okay, it's a developmental player. A.J. Dillon can't help us now, mm-hmm. but he's going to be really good in 18 months. And it, for Green Bay... He, he, you know, a coach would be like, I got Aaron Jones. I don't need A.J. Dillon. And the Packers are like, yeah, but Jamal Williams is a free agent in a year. You're going to need him. And so GMs draft differently. It can piss off your quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. It can drive the coach nuts. But generally speaking, GMs are better at the GMing than coaches are. And that's what's interesting when they're two, the two are folded together. Because, you know, Bill's spending spree this offseason, Colin, is going to visit on him. You know, next offseason, for instance. J.C. Jackson is going to be a $90 million a year cornerback. They got nobody in the system who's J.C. Jackson level. Maybe he'll emerge. They've already picked up the fifth-year option on Isaiah Wynn for $10 million. So he's played at a C-minus level all year, even though he had a decent game the other, other day. You got some massive cap hits from Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry and Nelson Aguilar. So they're not going to be able to shop like they did. What they did, pushing that cart through the aisles and loading it up, that's what they're going to have to play with for a little while. Are you ready to amp up the excitement every college football Saturday this year? All right, it's called Colin Cowherd's Saturday Spreads. It's on FanDuel. Free shot at big prices. Really simple. I choose 10 of college football's biggest matchups each week. Make your picks against the spread for each one. And the fans who get the most right win 5000 bucks in prizes every damn week. Go to FanDuel.com slash Saturday Spreads. FanDuel.com slash Saturday Spreads. Or you can just download the FanDuel app. Check in, 5000 bucks every week in prizes. No purchase necessary. 
Age restrictions apply depending on location. Void where prohibited. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. C-O-L-A-N so they know I sent you. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at Sportsbook. FanDuel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to like you know Lil Durk, and you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you? T- why are you telling me the whole time? <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Yokohama test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, Tom, there was reports, and I've said this, if you look at really who Mac Jones has beaten, it's Darnold, it's Zach Wilson twice, it's Mills in Houston. His big win is over Justin Herbert, where he had a, you know, Mac had a 70 passer rating, no TDs, 18 completions. So the next level for these young quarterbacks, all of them, be it Mahomes or Josh Allen, is, you know, beating other elite quarterbacks. Well, Dak. Look, we can say, okay, okay well, ahead. he threw a crunch time pick six, but he answered that on the very next play after the kickoff with a touchdown throw. So, I mean, whether it be that or the Tampa Bay game, you got two of the better quarterbacks in the league that he kind of went eyeball to eyeball with, and it broke the other way. So, you're right. You're, you're exactly right. If you want to say whose pelts are on your, your belt, it's not those guys, but it's close. It's close. So, there were talks, and I was thinking about this the other day, is that Belichick acknowledging, hey, man, mm-hmm. drafting needs to be more collaborative. He lets go and they have a great draft. I think by going after OBJ and Nelson Aguilar, he may be acknowledging, you know, I'm not good at this college wide receiver thing. And it, it does appear, I think New England has a ceiling, and that is that you, you've got to be able to score multiple ways in this league. You can't just do right. 13 play drives. And I do think they they lack a a leverage dynamic over the top. So the OBJ stuff from a source I trust said they really wanted him. They really were very interested. Where will they draft that position? Where do you? Because I think Bill knows we've got to get faster on the perimeter. Where will they get that? In your opinion, it's funny because I don't think OBJ would have been the field stretcher. OBJ was going to be Julian Edelman. He was going to come in here and work out of the slot and on those quick whip routes and be kind of that guy that you could use in the red zone to suck coverage away from Hunter Henry. Or to suck, and he's had a great year. But if you look at Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, the element that's missing in both of their games is they're longer cut guys. They're 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, skinny guys who are, as Brady used to point out to me, I talked to him about this. It was really fascinating. I asked him, how come David Patton can't do what Troy does? Brady goes, look at his ass. Goes, what do you mean? He goes, look how high it is. He goes, Troy's ass, Troy is lower cut. David has really long legs, so he can't be a quick mover inside the way Edelman is, the way OBJ is, those squat guys who can be really quick, Amendola. So that's what they're missing, and if you get that, that'll bring the defense closer. It opens up the seam for the uh, tight end, and it further opens up. It's a three-level situation. It's like geometry. If you're a threat in that zero to five-yard range where you're almost uncoverable, then they start having to send somebody to you. There's nobody on the team calling right now that a defensive coordinator has to allocate two guys to. Nobody. Or one and a half guys. Nobody's making them stay up at night. The Patriots have to find a player that can make a defensive coordinator stay stay up at night. And they had it with Troy Brown and Dion Branch. Even if those weren't household names, you knew. If, this guy can go off for eight for 150 if we're not careful. Patriots don't really have him. Yeah, well, Edelman was clearly that. Wes Welker was that. Um, 
You know, it's it's interesting. I had said this, that when Brady and Belichick divorced, Brady was going to win it initially because he'd planned it for a year. He picked his destination mm-hmm. and he caught the Patriots about 30 percent off guard. They were probably 70, 30 thought he would stay. Yep. So we knew it. Um, but like the Warriors who lost KD about 18 months later, you draft well, you develop well, smart people figure shit out quick. And I do wonder now. Because I think it's a very positive place. They've got their quarterback. They're winning. I do feel like about two weeks ago, New England felt like a playoff team. Do you think there was any self-doubt in the building last year at all that we made a huge mistake with Brady? Was there ever a moment of that? Yeah. Yeah. I think there was. I think there was doubt within the organization. Um, I don't know how much rested with Bill. I know that he was desperate to find the answer, but you know whether it be – we should have kept Tom. He was better than we thought. He was more difficult to replace than we thought he would be. Or whether it was we had the guy, his name was Jimmy Garoppolo, and we moved on. You know, there was rock kicking about that. If you wanted to delve into the details, what would you have done to keep Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, you needed, you needed the Falcons to hold their lead. If you wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, you needed the Falcons to hold the friggin' lead. Because once you <laughs> eight to three, that was by Jim. No friggin' way. If that game, yeah. Colin thirty one to ten, then Jimmy Garoppolo is still friggin' here. But they, you know, yeah, I think that there was doubt. I think there was doubt in this off season as well. And uh, I think the doubt really evaporated in June and July. I mean, I'm sitting there at those friggin' practices. I swear to you, and I can. I think we talked then, showed you the stories where I'm like, it's, you got to start Mac Jones. It's ridiculous. He's beating out Cam every single day. It's not a coincidence anymore. And that's why I think it's so interesting to watch is when we talk about underrated, and I did it too, you look at a guy like Mac Jones and you go, okay, that was nice. Do it again. Can't do that again. You can't fit it into that hole again with that noodle arm of yours. Do it again. I did it again. Okay. Well, you just got drilled and got up from it. Can you do that again? Well, you did that again. So it's this constant feeling that what you saw wasn't real makes you say, I don't think he's that good. Whereas whether it's Lawrence or Fields or Lance or Zach Wilson, it's all, but when he fits into the suit, he's going to be so good looking. Meanwhile, you got this old guy over here in the men's warehouse suit who's already looking pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we talk a lot about Brady, how long he'll play, but – you know, Bill's been a groundbreaker for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, he literally has had two dynasties. It never happened ever in the NFL. Um, I watch this Mac Jones growth, and I think, God, Belichick could go well into his 70s. He's still nimble. Um, he still loves it. He's still sharp as a tack. Yeah. And the other thing is, I here's the other thing, is that as the league, the coaching gets younger – I mean, he's really in a spot where, like, situationally, he's just better than a lot of these guys by a lot. Why retire? I'm looking at this game tomorrow on Thursday or today, as this will probably drop tomorrow. Bill Belichick on a short week versus first-year head coach Arthur Smith on a short week. I don't care how smart Arthur Smith is, and he, he is. All the logistics of getting ready for a game, on a short week, all the things you have to cover, 
Bill's been doing it for 20 years or however long Thursday night games have been around. Arthur Smith doesn't, nobody doesn't know yet about getting ready for a Thursday night game. It's just it's, such a great point. It's a fish in a barrel. You probably had guys working on Atlanta three weeks ago. Well, it's funny. You saw it with Cliff Kingsbury. His first year in the league, Tom, Kingsbury would have a great scripted first half. And then they would just be ass in the second. They were just completely lost. And then in year two, as Kyler grew, you're like, okay, he's putting some games together. This year was the first time. Third year, I'm like, oh, Cliff, this is a complete game. He's got adjustments at half. He's got scripted plays. Sean McVay. Sean McVay's Sean McVay's never lost a game he's led at half, but he is still not a great adjuster. He comes in with a game and doesn't adjust. And, and, you know, it's funny. I've talked to people about broadcasting like this as my industry's gotten younger because as it's more corporate and corporations want profits, they're getting rid of seasoned reporters. Newspapers are, too. Mm -hmm. And it gets very young. So if a Tom Curran, as you age and you have this labyrinth of sources, it gets easier to break stories. I just look at Belichick and I think, look at this division. Robert Solomon. I, <laughs> I mean, Brian Flores. They're kids. They're kids. And it takes so long to implement things. And the, the league is more transitory. And, you know, talking about this, too, it takes so long to develop a team because there's no double sessions. And OTAs are cut back. And padded practices are cut back. So Bill knows how to skin that onion to get to the team that he wants to have. Whereas, I mean, they're so far behind. All of these teams are relative to where they would have been, even in 2014 or 15, because of the CBA, because of COVID, because of the limitations, because of the mindset of young players coming in, which is fine. They're not going to, you know, you say jump, they say how high. It's not that way anymore. So Bill has evolved, but he can meld those two approaches where he can still be the king in his fight. And when he goes, Colin, as you were saying, when he goes, there will never be anyone else like him that, that goes back yeah. with that institutional knowledge to the, the 70s. Look at Holmgren. He's a freaking contemporary of Bill. He's long gone. <laughs> he's been gone for like 15 years. Oh, he's Holmgren. Seriously. I think he's Bill's age, maybe 65, 64. He's got to be older. I'm Googling that while we talk. Google right now. Do it live. Well, podcasts are tape, but do it uh, live to tape. How old is my guess? 66. I'm going is my guess. Holy. You got him in the movie Cocoon. 73. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he looks good June for 15, 73. 1948. So, yeah. So Bill is what? 52? 1952 or something? Yeah. Well, Bill's three years younger. There are contemporaries. Look how long Mike Holmgren can go. Who is the AFC team um, that we think of as really good that New England, Mac Jones, Belichick actually really, really match up against? See, I think Tennessee is a problem for New England. 100%. I think they're a – because they're a ball control team if they got Derrick Henry back – so you've got a massive pressure without blitzing on Mac Jones. They get pressure with four. I think Tennessee is the last team You're they exactly want to play. Right. I think, okay, that's interesting. I think they match up really well with Baltimore, bad secondary, and Lamar is a slow starter. You take a lead on them, you control, you can, you can uh, death by a thousand cuts in a bad secondary. 
Um, like for um, anybody else, well, I mean, to me, the, the bad matchup's Tennessee. Tennessee is exactly right because of the toughness and physicality and the way they're built. And it's not a coincidence that the number of guys who have shared experience with Belichick, whether it be Tom Coughlin or Brian Flores or freaking Matt Patricia, you name it. The only guy who's got shared background with Bill that Bill had mastery over was Bill O'Brien. That's it. I mean, Genie used to have enough success against Belichick with lesser teams. Yeah. Today. You know, okay. So there is that element of they understand how to attack things with Bill. I mean, Patricia won against Belichick with that Lions team in 2018. Yeah. It Didn't they blow them out? And Tennessee blew them out the same year. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, it's Tennessee. I mean, even when they had Brian Hoyer playing quarterback last year against Kansas City, and Mahomes started, they had a plan that kept that game kind of close. Just Hoyer had a bad game. Um, they beat Baltimore last year when they were a bad team. The level of coaching that they get, you know, to go seven and nine with the roster they had yet last year with absolutely positively zero tight ends and Jacoby Myers as their best and only throwing threat or receiving threat, it's absurd. The coaching, it was a three-win team. Three-win team. Do you think if Brady and Belichick sat down today, how would it go? It's funny. I was talking to somebody about that earlier today, Colin. I think that they both are exactly where they want to be and that meeting that they had for about 20 minutes after their game was probably really cathartic for both of them. You know, Belichick didn't do it on the field where everybody could see him. He went in the, into the Tampa Bay locker room after the game, knowing that after a night game, your entire team wants to get the hell out of there, get on the buses, get on the plane, and fly back wherever it is because it's the middle of the night. But they took 20 minutes and sat there and talked. And Belichick likes to tie things off. And the Patriots, at that point, still hadn't gotten to a place where they were building momentum. They might have been... One and two or one and three at that point? Either way. That was important to Bill because he kind of needed Tom inside the tent peeing out as opposed to outside the tent peeing in. So they had the yeah. race. Brady loves to have closure. And you even see this with the man in the arena and the, and the Drew Bledsoe revisionist history that's going on. With look, That was a contentious time. Yeah. Bledsoe didn't roll over. He handled it as classily as anybody possibly could have, but he didn't say, wow, I guess the kid's good. He can take it. Cut it out. So um, I think that they are both where they want to be, Colin, to answer the question. They're both where they want to be. Bill's on to his next guy, and Tom's where he wants to be. Tommy, that's all I need, 25 minutes. You're so good. <laughs> You're so great. That was fun. All I want is 20 – yeah, 25 minutes of Tom Curran. I'm happy. I got all my insight. You're the best, man. All right, buddy. Well, maybe someday we'll sit down, we'll have ourselves a coffee together or whatever you drink, a screwdriver, whatever the hell you do. I, You know what? On the podcast, I always pour one. <laughs> Just and loosens me up, Tommy. the podcast is over. <laughs> That's right. I'll see you. Great seeing you. All right. Hey, folks, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Volume Sports. Please, please, please. We have Draymond Green now. You're going to get great stuff. You won't regret it. Um... I put a bunch of my stuff on there as well. 
at the Volume Sports YouTube channel, also at the Volume Sports Twitter, Instagram, rate, review, subscribe. Fun stuff. I love Tommy. See ya. The Volume. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to transform your spirit of adventure into real-life adventure. Don't worry, the Nissan Rogue has your back. Platt's exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Just climb in and go. No need to connect your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the new 2024 Nissan Rogue. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada can elevate your adventure. Get in a Nissan SUV and go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com.